Well, the Big D is back with Open Championship Preview number two. Before I bring in the hottest golf better I know, please subscribe, like, and share the Smunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We're bringing up Lumber, Driver, Three Wood, Driving Iron, Wedge, Iron, Putter. Also, check out the Big D Podcast for audio, audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So, back as he was for the Open last year, uh, I, I think I think if I told if I told everybody how many different websites you write for Fantasy Labs Action Network, I think there's a new one now, right? Yeah, Golf WRX. I've always written for them, uh, but it used to be just like golf news and and stuff like that, and stories and editorials. But now I'm I'm doing betting stuff over there too. Matt Finenzi. So Matt, uh, sorry about your Patriots talking and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I'm a little upset about that, but uh, yeah, I've had enough success to last, last a lifetime, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, it is Open Championship weekend, boss, so we're going to Royal Liverpool this weekend. So uh, when you think of open courses, uh, what are your favorites? Hmm, it's a good question. Um, I, I, I liked this course in 06, like just visually. I like it when it's dried out more so than than it was in 14 and even this year i, I saw uh, michael kim today posted three pictures from 06 14 and, and today and it's way greener than it was ever before um so i liked real real true a lot i know it was easy which i don't love but i just like the visuals of that course um what else i liked uh i like burkdale i thought that was a pretty good one how about you what's your favorite I mean, I don't know if Port Rudge was necessarily a t- difficult course, but the atmosphere there was crazy. I mean, Cornucy's probably one of the – Cornucy's probably the one venue where you, you, Lord knows what could happen in terms of wind, weather, you name it. You name it. I mean, St. Andrews is the home of golf, but in the end, we know what's going to happen. The wind doesn't blow. It's going to be – a race to 18 under. Yeah, I, I like Murfield. I like uh, I like Turnberry. I wish they'd go back to Turnberry, but I know politics are involved. So, so um, obviously there have been some changes to Royal Liverpool from the last time it hosted the uh, Open in 2014. Uh, I believe 73 yards added the Paul 5 temp. Sorry, Roy has now become the Paul 4 temp. So it's now a Paul 71. And the Paul three and the seventeenth hole is now a Paul three, which is going to play somewhere in the neighborhood of one hundred and forty yards. I've seen the hole. It you don't want to you don't want to miss the green there because if you do, you might be you might, your next shot might be might be in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I've um I've talked to a couple of players this week actually who are, who gave me some thoughts on the course and uh, seventeen. I think the consensus for most of them is that it isn't a fair hole because um it's just the way it slopes down in the bunker on the right side on 17 so if you miss the green right you're not only going to be in the bunker but you're going to be in the face of the bunker so uh one player said to me today that if you hit it in the bunk- the right bunker on 17 your new par is five wow and by the way in europe the bunkers are have to don't hit the ball in the bunker because Everyone said if you hit in the bunker, you're basically hacking out. And that's the way it should. And that's the way it should be. I mean, it makes it exciting when the bunkers are penal. These guys are so good out of the bunker now that most weeks, if they hit it in the bunker, it's easier than hitting it in the rough. 
member facet, excuse me, of Fitz at the U.S. Open last year, hit his tee shot in the bunker at 18, and then pulled off the shot of the year. That that shot was unbelievable. That shot was great. But uh, I think that 17th hole, we've seen short pull threes play a role at a majors. I mean, the U.S. Open had a pull three, pull three that was uh, un- that was ridiculously short. Yeah, yeah, but that was the, the, all the balls were filtering down to the hole on that one. That, I mean, that, that was probably my. Uh, you know, we did, we talked before the U.S. Open, not after, but that was probably my least favorite U.S. Open venue of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather have the pole three. I think I'd rather have the pole three just up the wood, just up the road from you at a where Fitz won the Open. Where uh, it's actually it, it's actually a legitimate hole. It's not it's not just like a 75, 80 yard shot. You hit a three quarter wedge in there. Yeah, the Country Club, and I think this one on seventeen is going to be really good. This uh, if you see a bunch of players complaining about it, you know it's going to be a good hole. Well, I mean, everybody was complaining about the uh, U.S. Open, so they've, they've all got to complain about something, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, with every Open Championship, the big question is always the weather. And, uh, I mean, it, I'm not exactly sure how the weather's going to be. I don't it's all right. It looks it already looks wet to me, so I think it's... It's not a particularly long major course. We've seen PGAs and, and U.S. Opens long, so I don't think length will be an issue depending on where the depending on whether the course dries out or softens, but I think the wind's going to play the big role because with potential, a couple guys, particularly a Colin Moore cow, if, it's, if the wind gets up 15, 20 miles an hour, I don't think he likes playing in the wind, even though he's a Cali guy. I don't, I don't think so. And that's why, you know, at St. George's, there was like no wind at all. And that was probably the worst opening championship ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I everyone, everyone said that was good. That, that was, that there would be all kinds of wind. There'd be all kinds of rain and it ended up being benign conditions. Yeah. It was like playing in a dome. And this week, I, I don't think it, at Hoy Lake, you can avoid wind at all. Like there's all, wind's always going to be a factor. And I think that's, um, if it wasn't for wind, then obviously the course would play really easy, and it can still play easy. But I think wind is the definitely the big factor. Thursday, Friday doesn't look too bad, and like you said, it is going to be wet and soft. So Friday is going to be the driest of the days, uh, where the sun's going to be up for a lot of the day. But I don't know if that's going to be enough to make it play firm. Um, Saturday, the winds look like they're going to be picking picking up. Saturday right now looks like the most difficult day, but we know how quickly that can change. Uh, the players have said that. The back nine, the wind's in your face for most of it. So a lot of those holes will play pretty tough. I think 17, like into the wind that, you know, we saw last week at the Scottish Open, Rory hit a two iron, um, you know, and like a 165-yard shot. So uh, that we could see that play really tough on, on 17. 18, you get the – so 18, there was the most double bogeys um, of any par five in major championship history the 18th hole in 2014. So this year they moved the OB 20 yards closer to the fairway and they lengthened the hole by 30 yards. So that hole is probably going to be interesting. I wonder, I wonder what the strategy for that 18th hole would be knowing there's OB. I mean, if you've got a three shot lead in there, I think I'd, Matt, I, have I, the think... Answer, I have the answer to that actually. Cause I asked a player, I asked a player today, 
um, what's the strategy on 18 with that OB so close right? They said they're going to blast it as far as they can left. Their bunkers over to the left, um, but it gives you a better angle in. And you can even go left of the bunkers. Um, so to avoid the right at all costs, hit it as far left as you can. If you hit it in the fairway bunker, so be it. But if you hit it in the right, you're bringing seven, eight into play. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking maybe if you got a three-shot lead, take out the old drive iron and go left, left, yep. up center. Because if you go right, you're dead. Aim at the bunkers, and if it cuts, then you're okay in the left side of the fairway. If it doesn't, maybe you miss the bunkers to the left. And worst case scenario, you're in a bunker, but that, that's better than being right. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, there seems to be, there seem to be golfers who fit Open Championship. Champion championship seems like links golfer. It seems like guys from Australia play well in the win. I mean, we're going to talk about one. We're going to talk about one guy who you love, right? Now, love a little while, but um, seem the guys from Australia do well at the Open. Seem guys from Texas succeed. I mean, yeah, Englishmen have have a on and off history with the with the Open, which is surprising because every time. I see an Englishman succeed in Florida. You would think they do well at the Open because Florida courses, particularly the Honda, Bay Hill, or Valspar, have a lot of win. But does it help maybe if somebody is more used to playing in the wind? I would say absolutely it, it does. Uh, you know, I think um, the Australians, that, that makes a lot of sense. And plus the, the bunker play, I think, is really important in Open. So that the Australians are usually good out of the bunker. Um, but the, yeah, wind experience is definitely helpful. Um, those Florida courses, I mean, like you said, Englishmen, but look at guys who have played the open well and those Florida courses as well. Like Shane Lowry has won the Honda Classic and he's won an open. Um, Tommy Fleetwood plays both extremely well, English English guy. Um, I think Westy has played some of those Florida courses, right? API uh, pretty well. And, he, and he's a, obviously a good open player. So I do think there's a crossover, even if it doesn't necessarily translate to winners. Yeah, and even and even uh, trying to think, I, mean, I even although although Fitz said he he he's not game for an Open Championship, which surprised me because he's an England he's an Englishman. Maybe I don't know the pressure of his home major, but yeah, I thought that was weird too. I looked and I looked into it. Um, he hasn't been bad at opens. He just hasn't been good either. Like he has a lot of finishes between 20th and 30th in his six starts there. So he's been decent, but he just hasn't been able to play really, really well. Um, and if you look at it, I think it kind of makes some sense. Like he's played classical courses the best over the course of his career. Those like long parkland classical courses, like you saw it in Brookline. Um, you know, and I think, I think uh, because he's just kind of so straight off the tee, tee to green, he's kind of like a technician. He doesn't really have that the creative uh, game that you'd see with a guy like a, you know, like a Cam Smith or some of these other, like Jordan Spieth, he's good open players. Do you, I mean, it's tough when you have course correlation coming from the U S or elsewhere in the world to Royal Liverpool, but could there be some course correlation? Maybe not from like one course, but we've seen, I've seen this week where guys who played well at Pebble beach have could potentially do well in Royal Liverpool. You think of, Jordan Spieth always plays Pebble Beach. So, uh, we're going to talk about him a little. But Victor Hovland plays plays Pebble, plays well in the winter. Some of these guys who play play Pebble, or even a, a player's championship with uh, your, your guy we're going to mention next. Uh, 
Is there some course correlation, even though it's a different style of course from Pebble or Sawgrass to Royal Liverpool? I think Sawgrass is the one that's really tough to ignore for most of them. I mean, Sergio has won at Sawgrass and he finished second here to Rory in 2014. You had Adam Scott, who was in the top five in 2014, and, the, and I think he finished eighth in, in 2006. Ricky? Uh, Ricky, who's, who's one of the players and also has a, a runner-up finish with Sergio at, in 2014. So the leaderboard correlation for that one, I think, is, is the most glaring. And it makes sense. There's a lot of, um, not necessarily water, but there are, OB and hazards in play. And then you get to deal with the wind, little short 17th par three. So I, I think there's a lot of um, similarities. Yeah. And thinking back to 2022, well, I'm just thinking who won last, the, not 2023 players, but who won the 2022 players? And then what? Chap it off by becoming champion golfer of the year. Cam. And uh, just thinking that one of us better, man, it wasn't me. It was not being too bad. Thinking back to that day when Cam Smith won the Open, is that where does that rank among golf memories in your book? Me is number one. It's my favorite um, outright winner I've ever hit. It's my favorite tournament that I've ever seen. It's right behind my head here. You can see the picture uh, for a couple reasons. One, um, I like to give Rory a hard time. I'm not the biggest Rory fan. I respect everything he's accomplished, but um, to see him kind of blow it and only because the whole golf world was so sad about it. Um, and then to see Cam be the one to take it. And I think on the show, what I said was, I think Cam's going to win. Everything points to him. My only question is, will the golfing gods allow the man with the mullet to, to hoist the claret jug at the end of the day? And they did. Um, and just how he came back, birdied 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, all in a row. Uh, and then the up and down on 17, that, that the picture that I had uh, at the road hole, I just thought that was just absolutely incredible. The, who would have ever thought you could two putt from behind a bunker uh, to win an open championship? I mean, that might be, I mean, shot of the year, that might be a shot of a lifetime, what Cam did, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, how's he going to get the ball around the road hole bunker? Because we end up in the road hole bunker, it's game over. I think, I mean, if you look at, best up and downs in in history um i think that has to be number one uh there, there's a couple other you can can you think of any other up and downs that might rival that one i mean i can think, about, I can think of heroic i can think of heroic shots in majors i mean sergio shot from from alpha tree in the medina in 99 but i can't think of many up and crazy up and downs like that i got one how about ian Woosnam to beat greg norman at the masters <laughs> well that went in it didn't go up and down but i mean okay i've got one okay how about larry mice at the masters yeah that, that's a good one too um yeah yeah was that larry yeah larry mice i was in a playoff um right yeah it was a playoff that's right. So, um, that that was Larry Mize who beat him. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Woosnam. Good call. So, I mean, can Cam Smith repeat? Because I've, it's been uh, fifteen years since uh, somebody's repeat, and it ain't, and it's not Tiger. Potty Harrington repeated 07 or 08 as Open champ. So, yeah. can Cam Smith repeat? Because I mean, he's looking good. He won Lift London a couple weeks ago. Seemingly, Cam Smith always plays well in the UK, except when he missed the cut at the Scottish Open, but that's a story for another day. 
yeah, but then he made it. He made it the next year, um, and that was that was part of the reason why why we liked him and why I liked him was because he didn't like that uh, Renaissance club. Then the following year, he has a, a nice low round on Sunday to finish in the top ten, and that was a, bi- a big reason that gave me the confidence to bet him um, the the next week. But and you know what's funny that you said the Patty Harrington back to back wins. The two years before that, you had Tiger back to back as well. So oh oh five oh six oh seven then then oh eight oh five oh six St Andrews and Royal Liverpool and then Potty won in oh seven when Sergio I think Sergio missed like a seven or eight foot pulpa. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, he yeah he was agonizingly close and I'm upset he's not coming here. I know I know there's not many Sergio fans in the world. But I'm one of the five Sergio fans on earth. Um, but I I, I thought he would be uh a nice little sneaky play this week here, but I'll have to get some other, other sleepers instead. <laughs> Do you think there'll be, I mean, we've seen wave edges. I mean, obviously the guys who, I mean, Xander and Ricky shot 62 at the U S open, but do you think there'll be in wave edge or with these crazy tee times where guys should be going out 10 hours later, will wave edge, wave edge quite matter quite as much here compared to what it, where you've got PMAM or vice versa at the U.S. Open or PGA. It's it's weird because in the Open, it's always the one where it seems like unavoidable that there's a, that there's a wave advantage. But this year, right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be one. And it doesn't mean that there won't be one, but it means that there's nothing in the weather um, that pinpoints that actually happening. It still could happen, but right now it looks pretty steady throughout. Like the wind is going to be, you know, 12 to 14 all day. Um, afternoon and morning and it looks like the gusts are going to be up 18 20 miles per hour all day long on thursday so uh, and friday so i think thursday friday you know there might be a big wave advantage on saturday but that's not really going to matter as much um you know so i I think yeah thursday friday is looking pretty steady uh throughout yeah saturday may matter more for showdown because if you could get a guy blessing the course before the winds kick up things could get hairy because the lord knows what the wind could do at the open yeah it was like with tommy at uh, the u.s open sunday goes out early and shoots a 63 or whatever it was again 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 he might do that again this week too why can't why can't he do that the first three rounds and and end up P2, and end up P2, P1 maybe, instead of P2 like he did in Canada or almost in contention last week. Yeah, I mean, last week he started off slow. I bet I bet him at 130 to 1 in the middle of the ra- uh, middle of round 1, and I thought he's going to come back and do it. I loved his spot on Sunday, but he just doesn't have that killer instinct. Did you bet, did you bet uh, Bobby Mack last week? I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> I bet... Well, thinking of the DK Chrysler, and the uh, first first time I can remember, I don't know if you remember a 12K golf in a major, but Scotty Scheffler, 12-5, Rory is 11-9, Rom 11-2, Cam 10-7, Brooks 10-4, Xander 10-1, and Hoffman 10K. A, how do you – by the way, they're all golfers now down in the $5,500 range, so it, it feels like one of those NFL slates. But how do you think Scheffler being 12-5 changes the DK DFS score, uh, formula? It makes it harder. There's no doubt about that. And I'm actually happy about that. This pricing is usually so soft in majors, you can kind of do whatever you want. And now you really can't. It makes it very difficult to do whatever you want. Uh, if you want to play Scotty, 
sure you got to pay the price and yeah it goes down to 5500 but you're you're rolling the dice if you're paying if you're playing any of those guys down in that range um the open you do get 70 guys making it through the cut and not 60 or 65 so that helps a little bit um but yeah you want to you want to play scotty he's guaranteed top five for the, the last three months so you want to do that you got to pay a price to do it yeah i mean i mean what what would be the last guy you feel comfortable playing in like the 6k range because anybody could play Sheffield, anybody could play Roy, anybody could play Rom, anybody could play Cam. But what be the who would be the last guy you would feel comfortable playing thinking he's not going to screw up? Yeah, because I mean, if you're, a, if you're a 6k guy playing a high five, low 6k guy, all you're hoping for is he makes the cut. You know what? The, the most successful people, uh, in life and DFS. Uh, feel comfortable when they're uncomfortable. So am I going to be comfortable playing any of these guys? No, but am I going to do it anyway? Yes, I am. Cause uh, that's just the way I live my life and the way I play DFS. So I looking at the very bottom, I mean, I don't see why you can't play Alex Fitzpatrick at 5,500. He holds out from the bunker to qualify. He's played in some challenge tour and some DP world tour events. Um, really good, good prospect uh, top 70 make it. I, he should be relatively comfortable on this course. And I think he's playing really well at the moment. So 5,500, I mean, I can see him finish in the top 35, which is okay. Um, you got uh, a sleeper I like this week a lot. Is going to be less than 1% owned at 5,900 is uh, Keita Nakajima, who holds the record for the most consecutive weeks um, as the world number one ranked amateur uh, from Japan. You had a, a couple Japanese guys in the mix here, both in 2006 and 2014. Um, and Nakajima's been scorching hot lately he's uh won an event he was third at the at the players championship in japan and he has two runner-up finishes as well all between may and and now so he's hot right now so 5900 you could do worse than him um my guy travis Smythe, who uh finished in the top three in the um in hong kong to get into this event played a couple live uh live starts he's a grinder australian good win player good bunker player can battle through the elements i like him at 5800 um, and then Henrik Stenson, 6,200. I think he has a chance to, to, you know, to win the event, which is crazy. There was a thousand to one on Barstool earlier this week. Uh, I bet a 500 to one on FanDuel and then top 20 was 10 to one. So I put a little bit on that as well. Um, 6,200. I think he's motivated. He's playing well. He finished sixth at, uh, and live London third in greens and regs second in fairways hit, which is exactly what you want to do here. So I, I you know what, I'm going to play all those guys. I'll, I'll go down there and play them all. I mean, uh, how, about Rich, how about Richard Bland? How about a name from the past? Richard Bland, I mean, he came, came off a good finish in uh, Live London a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you could play Bland too. I, I mean, a little bit of a concern with him is if this thing really is that deep into the back um, in the wind on the back nine, does he have the firepower um, to, to keep up? I don't know. He's he's really old. I mean, Stenson's 47, but I think Bland's like 51 or 52. He's like Phil Mickelson territory of age. Uh, one of my but one of my buddies mentioned. Uh, yes, they mentioned Matthew Southgate. Yeah, he's a Lynx specialist, right? So he plays really well in Lynx courses. I think last week he played pretty well, but he couldn't make any putts. Um, so I don't think he did as well as he could. But I think the ball striking numbers were good in Scotland. So yeah, he makes some sense. I mean, even I mean, even if you go in the sixes, they're all got they're all guys. I mean, a uh, cage leaves sixty three hundred. We know what time. What kind of streaky guy he could be? Uh, 
Tom Hoagie, I mean, uh, let's see, he won Pebble, so not not the worst course correlation. And I mean, yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna bum it out there like uh, Bryce and some of these guys, but he'll keep the ball in the fairway. Yeah, t- if you if you're uh, if this course was called TPC Royal Liverpool, I'd play uh, KH Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Without that, I'm not sure. Baby, baby. Maybe some JM should change it then. Yeah. A mid sixes, you got Patty Harrington. We just talked about him. I think he's playing really well. He's uh you know in the mix of, in the senior tour a lot. And then you got um Thunder Bear, Olison. I I like him. He's uh kind of a big boomer bust player, but he's a guy who could miss the cut by ten, but he could also finish in the top ten. It wouldn't shock anybody. So I don't mind taking a shot on him either. Uh, right now on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon, who do you think will be the chalk at the top, and who do you think potentially could be a good GPP pivot at the top? Um, this one's easy for me, and I'm I have a lot of data and ownership projections right now in front of me, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm, quite... gonna, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Yep. I'm gonna guess. Scotty Scheffler's ownerships. 17%. Yep, yeah, that's exactly what I got. 17, 18. But Roy, I, I've got to think Roy's got to be 22, 23%. And this is what I'm not believing. My, I, I don't believe what my eyes are telling me because I think Rory is going to be pushed 25% this week coming off a win, open championship. Everyone's going to want to play him. The casual fans are going to want to play him. I'm seeing 16%. I don't believe it. I don't care what you tell me. I don't believe he's going to be 16. I think he's going to be 23, 24 maybe even higher in, in single entry stuff. Um, but as of now, yeah, you're right. Scotty 17 is the highest. So ownership is really uh, spread out. Uh, where would Rom be? 15? No, 11. Um, and I think he's, him and Cam, I believe, are going to be the pivots here. If you want to pivot off somebody, and I don't think people are going to play um, Rom because why pay, play him when you have Rory and Scotty both playing much better at the moment for a little bit more more money. And then Cam... I think people don't. I don't think people dislike him, but I think at ten seven, uh, you can just pay up and get one of the big three. I think people are going to just opt to do that. I'm guess I'm guessing the ten k range. Uh, Xander is always popular in majors. Victor Hovland's going to be popular because you look at him statistically. He fits this course. He's done what a majors coming for, coming for Victor. Very well, maybe this one. I mean, uh, who else is in there? Patrick Cantley, somebody, somebody, please tell him it is a major championship weekend. Show up. Yeah, I mean, you know what's crazy? I read this earlier from Justin Ray. He said there's two ways of looking at looking at it. Um, Cantley has, in his last five majors, he's never finished worse than 16th in his last five majors. But also, ever in his career, he's never gone into a Sunday within five shots of the lead. So it's like, and yet he didn't play well last week. I mean, yeah, I don't know what to expect from Cantley. I mean, disappointed me last week, but I mean, I don't know what to expect from him. I like him. I like him. I I um I bet him because I got a thirty to one, which I thought was pretty big on his talent. And that's, I think that's, that's mega insane. You could get a thirty to one. Mega insane. You get a. 30 to 1 on Patrick Cantley. 
Yeah, so I had to take it, and I think um, so. My my starting my card, the two big ones are um, Hovland. Wait, 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 wait. Save the bets for the end. Save okay. the bets. I've got to think at sixty nine hundred. Bobby Mack, Robin McIntyre is going to be enormously popular. If he's not the most popular, if he's the most popular guy, I will not be surprised based on how he played last week. And we know everybody remembers what happened when he and Roy Roy came down the 18th at the Scottish Open. We know McIntyre can absolutely bomb it out there. Yeah, he is definitely going to be popular. He's actually 6,800. Okay, um, sixty-eight hundred. I shortchanged him on. So, so even worse, he's going to be. Um, yeah, he's definitely going to hit double digit, double digits. Um, I could see him being 13 percent at that price. It makes it easy. I'm going to probably fade him and just hope he misses the cut. I don't know. I my my rule is I don't play six K chalk. I don't care how good it looks. I just don't do it. Uh, so I'm going to probably pass. But uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be popular for good reason. And then right above him, at same price, sixty-eight hundred is Jordan Smith who I think is going to be pushing double-digit ownership, too, because he's just really steady. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think uh, I think I'd rather play uh, – if if you're going to fade those guys, why not play uh, Rasmus Ho- uh, Ho- Hogard, actually won the main in, hum- in Himalayan. Yep. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, it's um, – that's the DP World Tour event. I, I, I don't mind him either, but, I, I mean – to to switch off from that, I would rather play Louis Ustazen, who I think is coming around a little bit. He um, finished um, in the top four last in his last start in London at uh, Centurion, um, and he's a good Open Championship player. Obviously, he has won one, um, two top three finishes since he's won. So I, I like him a little bit. Um, I think he's a little bit under the radar. So. Um, that's, uh, and I like Brandon Grace, who no one's going to play. Louis is going to be a little popular. Brandon Grace, nobody's going to play. Uh, he's been one of the best players on Live since he joined Live. Some South Africans have, have done well here. Charles is in the mix. Ernie Els is in the mix at this course. So a couple of South Africans there for you. Uh, you know me, you know me, Matt. I'm the trivia savant. Everybody tries to get me with trivia. So what do you have up your sleeve for me right now? All right. This one is, is actually uh, fits well because we hit on this a little bit earlier. Um and my question is, who was the last Englishman to win an Open Championship in England? Uh, Nick Fowler, 1992. No, that was in Scotland. Wait a minute. But he won in 90. Wait. But 90 was St. Andrews. 90 was St. Andrews. 92 is Murfield, also in Scotland. Wow. How, how far back do I have to go? A little farther back. Do you, you want the year? Uh, Tony Jacklin. That is correct. 1970, 1971. 1969. Very close. Ooh, 1969. Oof. Royal Lytham. One at minus four uh, by two strokes. Yeah, so he's the last Englishman to win. So we talk about Tommy and Hatton and these guys. It'd be the first time since 1969 if one of them can get it done. Hey, I mean, can Tommy Fleet win at home? I mean, he's a Liverpool, he's a Liverpool guy. Yeah, yeah. He uh, Can he do I mean, he's playing well enough. He fits all the trends and guys who have played well this year. He's played well in majors. There's no reason he can't. The question is, does he have the 
the uh, cojones to do it. And the last night, and the last nine open winners have been first time open champs. Yeah, very true. Very true. I mean, okay, so we've done trivia, we've done DK. Now I want to hear. I want to hear your bets for the open because I know your betting card is uh, Wonkers this week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first guy is Victor Hovland. Right now, I've seen like twenty-two to one, which I think is fine. I would bet that if I had a blank card. But luckily, I've been betting it um, early and often over the course of the last year because I've always liked him here and I've had that on my radar. So I have thirty-three to one on him, but I, I do endorse the twenty-two if you haven't bet it yet. Um, I just, I just think he's my winner. He's my, my number one pick because, um, the biggest reason for me is just that scar tissue that he's built up from getting in contention in majors recently and not getting it done. He's gotten progressively better last year at St. Andrews. He's in the final group, but really had no chance at any point on Sunday. And then, um, the next major he played in was the, the, um, masters wasn't, um, was in the second to last group there. Right. So he got a little more experience on that. Then in the PGA, he went toe-to-toe with Brooks. I mean, he played great most of that Sunday. He gets caught in a bunker, um, but he still manages to shoot a 68. If Brooks isn't Brooks, he wins that that major, and I think he played well enough to do it. Looked much more comfortable in contention uh, at the PGA. Uh, and then and then at LACC, he finished in the top 20, even though he said he really didn't like the course at all. So I think he's just becoming a player who's great in majors. Now he's tasted what it feels like to wake up Sunday morning in contention, He's gone through the, through it, gotten better at it, and now I think it's his time to break through. And and won a PJ Tour event in the U.S. Yeah. Ex- oh yeah, that that Memorial win I think was huge for him. Just a confidence that he could do it in a major loaded field, elevated event, um, came from behind. So I, all those things are just pointing to me that he's the he's the guy who's going to win this week. And uh, number two on your betting cards, a guy we mentioned mentioned just a little bit ago Patrick Cantley and uh was did you get him at 27 did you get him at 30 so I bet a 30 myself but the best um number that was available when I wrote it was uh 27 on FanDuel I think that's still a pretty good number that 27 he um he again I don't necessarily trust him in majors but I think eventually he's going to break through he's too talented not to this I think T8 last year at the Open should um, is a good sign for him. And this course, I mean, he's second strokes gained off the tee in his last 24 rounds. He's been one of the best players off the tee all year long, and I think that's going to be the most important factor this week. Um, you know, I don't feel as strongly on him as I, di- as I do about Hovland, but I just think at that price and his talent level, he has a chance to, you know, he's going to surprise everybody and do it one of these days. Maybe it's this one. I mean, he's. I mean, Cantley's now twenty to one. So if you got Cantley at thirty, you're doing something right. Yeah, that's right. And then number three, DJ. Number, and I can't. Yeah. And I can't believe DJ hasn't won an open because seemingly every if we open, I see him in, and he's always in contention, whether you like him or not. Now, always. And thirty-five on him, I thought was very fair. And you know, a big part of what goes through my betting card this week was Scotty or Rory or both is going to be there on Sunday. One of the two, if not both, is going to be there. So if I'm betting somebody, I want that person, I want to know that person, if they're on their game, can beat one of those two guys. And DJ, yeah, is he, you know, does he have his best game all the time now at 
uh, you know, almost 40 years old? Um, no, but if he is on his game, I think he's just, he can beat those guys, go toe-to-toe with them. He's not going to be afraid. Um, great open championship history. His last two, sixth, eighth, um, ninth back in 2016. He played this course really well. He shot the low round of the week here in 2014. He shot a 65, I think it was on Saturday, um, uh, Friday or Saturday here. So he likes the course. He's seen the course before. Um, and he's starting to round into form. I mean, he gained 11.4 strokes from Tita Green at the U.S. Open. Uh, which is fifth in the field. So he's starting to put it all together. I think that offseason hurt him earlier in the year, the lack of an offseason. I think he was probably just, you know, not grinding very hard once he joined Liv. Um, but I think he's starting to get in the swing of things now. And uh, speaking of another Liv golfer, you you bet Bryson at the U.S. Open. He looked, he looked pretty good for a while. You, you're doing it again. And uh, what is that? Uh, 65 to 1? 65 to 1. I just think that's too that's too big of a number considering what he's been doing lately. I mean, he was good and great. He was a factor in the PGA all the way to the end. The U.S. Open, he was the first round leader. Um, oh, sorry, he's it was the PGA was the first round leader, but U.S. Open, he was right up there all throughout the week. Um, kind of struggled on Sunday a little bit, but he was there. He was part of the story, and then since then he's been playing really well. I mean, he uh, finished runner up at Valderrama, which is a course that I never really thought he would play that that well at. Uh, and he's kind of dialing it back to old Bryson where he's just, um, trying to dial it back and hit it in the fairway more, more. And you wouldn't think of an open championship as a venue for Bryson, but this place I think is a little better for him. Like last year at St. Andrews, I wouldn't think of that as a Bryson course at all. This place more so because it's flat and he, we've seen him struggle when, you know, hilly moundy courses like Augusta, this place flat all across the terrain, I think, um, is going to be a good course for him. And, and if it does play in the wind, we've seen him win uh, API, so he can handle the he can handle the wind. Yeah, and I mean, if he in that court, you know, we've seen guys coming in with five irons. If he has an eight iron in his hand, you know, it's a lot easier to keep that ball on the green if it does get a little firm. And then a guy I I actually I actually liked a couple weeks ago, which I almost bet him, but flew back here on Friday. Adam Scott. Let me guess. Aussies and Open Championships. Hmm. You got to have one Aussie on the card, and to me, he's the, he's the best best one because I'm um, not the best one, but he's the at his odds uh, makes the most sense. Everything he does in his career right now is geared towards winning a major. Um, he's been very open about that. He hasn't been good at the majors this year, but I think he's starting to play a lot better. Um, this is a course where he was in the mix twice both times he played here and yeah 2014 when he played here he was the number one player in the world so you'd expect him to be in the mix but i still think that and you know he he really got screwed on the on the on the draw in in 2014 um first round he uh he had to play against the elements and he did a really good job to finish t5 here um all the other guys in the mix were had all am pms he was pmam so i just think the course suits him really well he loves the course and i think being such a strategic golf course, having played it and played well on it in the past is going to be a big um, advantage this week. So that's a, a reason why I like him. And then one more guy who hap- who's who got a Clara jug on his man. That goes against your trend there of the last nine being first time open winners. But, um, you know, he, he is perhaps the best round in open championship history. Uh, that's 63 at Troon. Obviously an easier scoring day, but I just think he's a little bit motivated. I saw a quote from him earlier in the week too. And again, this is 500 to one. Do I think he's going to really win? Probably not, but I'd like to see if he's in the mix, I'll be happy with it. 
Um, but he said he's feeling really good. He thinks his his uh, game suits this course. And I think he's still feeling a little bit jaded about that Ryder Cup captaincy being stripped from him. I, I feel, uh, I mean, and I mean, he knows what it's like to be in contention, not just winning, winning here, but of winning a, an Open 2016. But we know what kind of ball striker he is. I mean, if he could ever putt like he did in 2016 when he would, went nuclear in that open against Phil and then followed it up with the silver medal at the Olympics. I mean, guys turned back the time. He Ernie Ellis came back and won an open in 2012. Phil came back and won, won an open and then a PGA a couple years ago. Maybe all these old guys will just start winning again. If there's a major an old guy can win, it's the open. Although, although Phil won the PGA. That was the biggest outlier, crazy thing. Like I still think that doesn't get talked about enough. That that has to be the craziest thing in golf history. Him winning uh, the PJ, the longest ever course too, played over eight thousand yards. A fifty-year-old winning the PJ Championship. I mean, that's got to be the most insane story in golf history. Uh, I did. Unfortunately, Florida doesn't have bets, but when I was in Illinois, I made a couple bets. I got uh, Hoffman because you know. You said everything. I mean, Victor Hovland's due. We know what he can do on coastal courses. We know what he's done outside the U.S. seemingly winning everywhere and his major form. And then last thing, I, literally last thing I did was make a little bet on Jason Day at 90. I think he's 110. I, I'm not expecting him to win. But Jason Day, you know about you know about all seeing open championship. I think Dave was one shot out of the playoff in 2015. Yep, yep, that's right. And yes, Jason Day has not been great since winning the week before the PGA. I don't know if his back's aching him. I'm not expecting everything. But Jason Day is too good of a golf at 90 or now 110. I agree with that. My only concern is did he sell his soul to win uh, uh, the, was it the Charles Schwabby one? Um, or the Valer, whatever he won. Uh, did he sell his soul to win that? Because since then, he has been absolutely awful, just read all over the board statistically. But Byron Nelson, Byron Nelson. But I like, uh, hey, I mean, I don't mind betting him at 101 at all. I think it's a that's a that's a play that I think, hey, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if it does, you look like a genius. So, I mean, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting to be there, but. I mean, he didn't play last week, which sort of befuddled me. But then again, Jason Day is probably more used to the wind conditions coming from down under, mate. So, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. If that back's okay. Yeah, or the vertigo, whatever. Who, who knows what it is with him? Uh, true. Okay. So, this is the one. You, get, you were correct with Cam Smith last year. I need, I need the mate. I need. The open for my major grand one and done grand slam. Who's lifting the clinic jug on Sunday? It's gonna be Victor Hovland wearing bright pink. Orange, right? Well, I, we, he his kit came out today. What he's wearing for the week, so he has a bright pink shirt for Sunday. <laughs> and and it will look really sweet with a clear jug. It absolutely will. I think there's a picture of the jug in the in the kit too. So he just just in case it matches. I mean, uh, it would. I think Victor Holland's going to win, and uh, I can't believe we're all agreeing on major one and dones. 
that's the way it's gone lately, and it's worked out more often than it hasn't. So I'm okay with that. Hey, I mean, I mean, you were right last year with Big Cam Smith and uh, Victor Hoffman, and Victor Hoffman winning would not surprise anyone. And then, of course, this is probably going to be the week Scotty Scheffler comes out and just and just nukes the course, gains five strokes point, and wins by eight. And I'm like, why the bleep didn't we bet him? That absolutely is a possibility, and I'm very fearful of that. I don't want to. I don't want um, a wave advantage to take place. But if it does, I would love for Rory and Scotty to get wiped out because <laughs> oh, I'm scared man. of them. Yeah, especially after what happened last week. Then again, I remember thinking last year Rory was going to win the U.S. Open after winning Canada, and then I've and then I forgot guys who win the Canadian Open don't win the U.S. Open. Yep, and that's and that's right. I tweeted this earlier in the week. Last, uh, I think it's been nine times. Rory Rory has been entering a major, coming off a win the week before, and all of those times he's been either the favorite or the second favorite in the betting market, and he's yet to to win. The best one was last year, fifth at Brookline. Are you thinking back to Wells Fargo twenty twenty one, and then one, and then heading to the PGA when he won won at Kiwa a couple years ago? Yeah, it was seven to one, I think, that week. By the way, Royce, I can't believe this. Royce ate the one now. I thought he would have been like plus 650. I know. I know. I mean, hey, if there's anything he's, I mean, we've said this before a million times, but if there's something he, a major he's going to win, shouldn't it be this? <laughs> it would be, it would be a very, it would be the uh, greatest, it would be the greatest walk in golf for Roy if he won again. It certainly would. But if that happens, there will not be a picture next to my Cam Smith picture behind me here. If Victor I'll, does, there will be one. I'll tell you what, Victor Hoffman wins. There's gonna be there's gonna be some picture on the wall here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely there is. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us uh, on uh, major number four this year. And hopefully, uh hopefully uh we're gonna end of the year with another major one and done one. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks for having me.